It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's show, we look at players who are over and underperforming their rest of season expectations. Also, could have been called a bylo sell high, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On all caps in the game. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Most of you, trade deadline has passed in fantasy leagues. We're still doing these shows because it's important to understand what is real and what isn't and what you can rely on and what you can't rely on when you're looking at projecting matchups with the way that players are playing or if you're making decisions, like, oh, this guy might be struggling. Do I drop him? So that's what we're trying to sort of swing the discussion here versus, oh, I'm going to trade this guy. There is a little bit of trade talk in here because that's important for dynasty formats. You might have noticed that by the bloke that's on the thumbnail of this show. But let's talk about what we need to talk about. Orny. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Let's look at how we did two weeks ago on this show in terms of the values of buy lows and sell highs. Um, let's go through the guys that I said were buy lows. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop works. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Now, OG Ananobi was 202nd. Since then, he's 46th per game. The schedule has not been particularly kind to the Raptors, and that's been an issue. But just in terms of his overall per game production, he was strong. Valanchunas was weird, but also good and also weird in the last it's been a weird season for Valentinus. Jonas Vasil Inuasas. He was 176, so we knew he'd get better. He did. 
He's 78th per game, but he had a couple of stinkers in that two-week period as well. But overall, a W. His teammate, CJ McCollum. There's a lot of Pelicans talk on this show today. I'm, I'm warning you. CJ McCollum, 164th. Since then, 56th. An easy come up. The future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, was 150th. He's 95th since then, and now he is injured. As, uh, as we talked about on one of the shows yesterday, I had the beat reporter said, yeah, he looks pretty rough. I don't think he's going to play Tuesday, and he is, in fact, not playing Tuesday. And then DeMar DeRozan was 94th. And, oh, he's going to get better. Uh, no, he didn't. That's an L. 111th for DeRozan. He just cannot seem to get right. I think that that thigh issue that plagued him around the All-Star break is still a problem. Uh, that's speculation, but he's just been bad for like three, four weeks. Well, not bad, but nowhere near his elite levels that he's been in the past. We had DeAndre Ayton as a sell high. He was 17th. He's 43rd since then. Some of that is the three games Kevin Durant played. Some of it is also the fact that Ayton just couldn't keep up that level. Gordon Hayward was 42nd. He's 160th. And now after Tuesday's game, the Hornets don't play for three days. So if you want to drop Gordon Hayward, you absolutely should. Contavious Caldwell-Pope was 47th. We talked about a lot of that not being able to stick. It did not. He's 136th. He still should remain rostered, but what he was doing in that time frame was just not a realistic expectation moving forward. And then the last one here is another one that I did get wrong. So I got a couple of these wrong on uh, on this show two weeks ago. It's the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. He was 49th, and he just said, all right, Josh, no worries, mate. I'm not a sell high. I'm actually better. He's 19th since then. Now, there are some factors in that, in the fact that Shea Goodis Alexander missed a bunch of those games over the last two weeks, and Jalen Williams just went crazy during that time. Um, I don't think he's sticking at 19. I could have very easily had him on this show as, hey, it's another sell high for Jalen Williams, but I won't. He was great. It was awesome. We love it. We love to see him playing as well as... I can't wait in the offseason. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Um, but doing a, like a redraft of the draft and seeing, or an even like a dynasty re-rank of the rookies, I will do that as well in the uh, in the offseason. I'm really interested to see where the Bronco comes out. Because it is important to remember that he is like two years older than a lot of the other rookies as well. So that does factor in when you're valuing dynasty numbers. Uh, let's look at the guys who are currently underperforming that I think you need to pay some attention to. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Yeah, it's been pretty bad for Yusuf Nurkic since he has returned. He has played three games. Um, and on a per-game basis, he's ranked 415th. I think, let me double-check this. In those two weeks, there are three players on a per-game basis who are worse than Yusuf Nurkic. And if you could guess those names, well done. I'll give you two minutes. I won't give you two minutes. I'll give you 20 seconds. Drop it in the chat below. The three names worse than Yusuf Nurkic are Garrison Matthews, who played one game and two minutes for the Hawks, Amir Coffey, who's averaged seven minutes a game across three games, and Yudoka Azabuke, who's played eight minutes across one game. They are the three worst players in fantasy over the last two weeks than Yusuf Nurkic. He's averaging 14.7 fantasy points versus his 31-point output for the season. This is obviously going to come up. So he's come back, and the minutes are low. He had that. First game, he played 17 minutes. Second game, he played 26 minutes. Third game, he played 10. So a lot of people see that 10-minute game and go, what am I going to do with Merkish, Josh? His minutes are so low. That was just a stupid game. That was the game that Lillard was out. Jeremy Grant played 19 minutes. Nurkic was dreadful. But it's not to say that he's going to be on this minutes limit because he literally played 26 the game before that. So like I said when discussing the box score that game, throw it in the bin. I don't think we take anything out of it. But it influences his numbers. And they're dreadful. 22% from the free throw line. 22 that's unfathomable. He's not a good free throw shooter. He's a 66% free throw shooter. That's not good. But he hits two and a half free throws a game on average, and he's hitting 0.7 since he come back. So that's two extra points a game. So add that onto his... Now, he's only averaging five points a game, but an extra two points would be nice. 
He also hasn't hit a single three. And it's not that he hasn't attempted them because he has. He's attempted seven threes across three games and 0 of seven. He's normally a 36% shooter. So let's say he goes two of seven or three of seven. There you go. There's an extra nine points across three games. It's an extra three points per game. So the five goes to seven, goes to 10. And he hasn't blocked a single shot. Now he was a putrid shot blocker last season. He improved this season, but then it's dropped off and he hasn't blocked one since he came back. Just block a shot, mate. That's all we need. There is, I, I'm not saying that I'm expecting massive things from Nurkic. I do still think that he is a guy to roster, but they play Tuesday and then they play the Friday-Sunday combination. So three more games this week, which is not bad. And he might not be great, but he's better than this. I know he's better than this. So if I do have him, I don't. I, my question is like, who are you finding off the waiver wire that's better? Nick Richards for today? Absolutely. But then Richards doesn't play. He plays one more game this week, and that's not as good as Nurkic's two more games. So who is better? Jalen Duran? Probably. James Wiseman? Maybe. But they're probably not available. So like, while Nurkic has been struggling, you're not comparing the three games of Nurkic that we've seen since he returned versus a waiver-wide guy. You're comparing what Nurkic normally does, which I think he'll be able to get back at least close to over this little bit of time. We hope he's able to get back to that. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Our new partner and new sponsor, it's the mobile game, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've dreamed of becoming an NBA GM, and let's be honest, you play fantasy basketball, so of course you have. This is the game for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, lead your team to glory, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft. It is all there, a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. We have a, a league here with Locked On NBA hosts as well of see who can get the championship first. I don't. I think the Bulls guys, I think Pat might have got it first. I'm not sure. I have to go check that. But Locked On Fantasy Basketball listeners, you can get a 100% free boost to see how you can win your championship. Boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game. Visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. If you are on YouTube, you can see the QR code there in the corner. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's go to the San Antonio Spurs now. And he has just also returned from injury. But again, we're in the fantasy playoffs and we look at stuff and go, well, I need to make a move. And I use a lot of this stuff by looking at rankings, looking at production, and also just the general vibe. And by the vibe, I mean the comments that I get, the tweets that I get, the YouTube comments that I get, the Reddit forums that I read, basketball monster comments, the multiple sources I look at. And if I see a name appear and they go, oh, Josh, I probably should move on from Devin Vassell. He's struggling a little bit, yeah? Um, oh, it's underwhelming from Devin Vassell. And I get it. It has been. Obviously, he's 266th in the last two weeks. In category, he's 168th in points leagues. He's averaging 21.5 fantasy points. He's a 31 fantasy point guy per season. But I would look at that and say, again, it's, it's we, all, we, we love talking. Well, I love talking, and maybe you love agreeing or disagreeing. When I talk about events joining together, 
hey, you got elevated to be a starter because someone was injured, and then you decided to shoot 10 percentage points better than your career numbers, and it makes you look like an amazing player. Well, Devin Vassell is coming back from injury, so lower minutes, but also during that time, he just can't do his regular rate stuff, which has really got nothing to do with playing time or ramping up. And that's where we can find an advantage. Like 21.5 points versus 31 fantasy points is a big, big difference. But what else is going on with Vassell? Well, is the fact that he's on a minutes limit, meaning he's shooting 25% from three versus 39 for the season? I highly doubt it. Yes, he is rusty coming back, but that's not really... Like 25% is just a massive cold streak. That's all that is. Is him coming back, getting half a steal versus 1.1 when he is averaging 29 minutes a game over the last two weeks? Is that because he's been out or because it's just a rough stretch? I don't know. Is the fact that he's averaging 12.8 points versus 18.6 points for the season because he's not getting the free throw line? Now, that might be to do with injury. The threes aren't going in. The twos aren't really going. Actually, the twos are going in okay. Is that because of injury or is that just because of a cold streak? That he's not, his free throws are four percentage points down. His field goals are six percentage points down. His threes are... 14 percentage points down. All that stuff is, some of it is like, yeah, there's a little bit of rust there, but it's not that he's just bad. It's just that we tie it into who he's coming back from injury. He's not producing. He's going to be like this all season. The minutes are there, right? He played 33 last game. Now I'm not saying that you're in a situation to, if you, hey, if I'm in a dynasty league and someone sounds like, I really like Devin Vassell. To me, he is their best prospect. I think he's better than Keldon Johnson and Jeremy Sohan and Branham. And I think he's their best prospect here. Besides the point. In a dynasty league, like the value here is a little bit depressed for Vassal. And I'm, I'm not saying that even in a head-to-head league that you need to drop him because they he is going to sit games. They have, in the next eight days, two sets of back-to-backs. So they've got one, two, three, four. They've got six games in the next eight days. But he's probably only going to play four of them. And that's annoying. And if this poor form continues, you can, I understand, dropping him. But I'm not dropping him because I think he's bad. It's more just like the schedule, the game's missed. And there is some rust. But I also think that we are maybe underappreciating that the minutes are back. They're fine. And I think he's going to have a, a nice little hot streak coming up. I don't know if I can say the same for Marcus Smart, who's 100... I, I can because he's on my buy low. But 186th in category leagues, 152nd in points leagues. He just stinks at the moment. He's Like he stinks. 100, no, I don't know why I said 100, 23 fantasy points a game versus the 28 that he's averaging for the season. Now that absolutely reeks. Interestingly, in category leagues, he is the 91st ranked player for the season, but he hasn't been top 100 in over the last two months. So he has dropped off quite a bit. And it's the presence of Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon, I think, who are hurting him. But it's not just that. I don't know why my voice just lost. He cannot shoot. But over the last two weeks, he cannot shoot even more than he regularly cannot shoot. Have you ever heard of a bloke shooting 25.8% from two? Because that's what Marcus Smart is doing across the last seven games. I That is, I could hit 25, I couldn't. But 25.8% from two is insane. He's at 50% from the season. So right right there is just a gigantic... Now, it's not, he's hitting threes at 38%. Great number. He just cannot convert a two-pointer. And these are only four attempts per game, which you know, it's not a huge amount. But on four attempts per game, when you're hitting 25% of them, that's one two-pointer a game versus hitting 50%, which is two of them. So obviously, that's two points off your overall scoring numbers. He's also, the assists are down from 6.5 to 4. Now, early in the season, he was just dishing and diamonds. Like, all right, I don't need to score here. Brogdon can do it. Brown can do it. Tatum can do it. 
But that's really fallen off. Now, I do highlight this because four versus 6.5 is a big difference. But it's been a steady decline from his assist numbers. Whether he goes back to being just more of a distributor, I don't know. But it is a struggle. And then this is a guy who's been a pretty pretty okay rebounder, but two a game over the last seven games in 33 minutes a game. Under two a game, 1.9. And 1.9, 3.3 rebounds per game is not a particularly strong number. That's his season average. But it does make a difference when you are getting four fewer rebounds out of Marcus Smart per week than you normally would. It, 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 everything makes a difference. Roto League, head-to-head, category league, points league. That is like six fantasy points a week. It is a, it is a difference, right? And all of these things are down at once. Can't hit twos, no assists, rebounds in the toilet. It's all impacting. And when you look at the fact that he's down from 28 fantasy points to 23, that's where it is. It's not, it's not, when we talk points leagues and guys going up and down, they're not dropping by 15 points, 20 points per game. It's a five, it's a six point drop. And it's just these little things where 3.3 versus 1.9 rebounds, you don't really care about it. It's not a big difference. Well, it's actually only 1.4 rebounds a game. But it makes, it, it does make somewhat of a difference. You have 1.72 fantasy points. It's just a, they're little, and when you have four of those things all drop, and all your rates statistics drops, these minutes haven't dropped, all that stuff adds up. And the reason I highlight a lot of this stuff, not to go too tangential here, is not to tell you, well, go buy low, Marcus smart, or have faith. It's more like just ability to analyze what's actually happening, not just, I know the part of the appeal of a fantasy points league is like, I've got one number and that's all that matters, but you have to understand what goes into it. Because if you just look at guys, well, he's averaging this many fantasy points, but you've got to know why this guy is averaging this many fantasy points or why the numbers are down or how they can come up, or how they can drop off. And that's where you get the edge, I think. Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is an interesting case here because in fantasy points leagues, he's fine. He's playing really well. 38 and a half fantasy points a game. He's actually 44th over the last two weeks in points leagues, but 119th in category leagues. He's averaging three more fantasy points per game than he is for the season. 38 and a half versus 35. Big difference. So what is actually going on to make me say Evan Mobley can improve because we've talked about how over the last say two months or so he's seen a bump in usage and become more aggressive he's a 20 usage player for the season yet over the last two months he's at 23 that has been a noticeable thing that we have talked about ad nauseum he's actually blocking more shots over his last six games his minutes are fine but in a category league he just he just has lost all shooting his true shooting which is at 59 is down to 54 you might say true shooting is in the category in my league Josh you're right but it also is because true shooting takes free throw percentage, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, all actually two-point percentage, three-point percentage, free throw percentage all together. And it's just a good encapsulation that he's dropped off in all of those areas. He is hitting 17% from three. Now, even Mobley's not a good three-point shooter. He's at 21%, but he's hit 17%. So again, what that does, especially when he's taking more of them to a game, that drops your field goal percentage, drops your scoring down. There's a little bit of a hit there. His free throws have gone from 68 to 59 and the attempts have gone up. So not only is he hitting at a worse percentage, but the negative impact is massive. He's at negative 1.17 standard score on free throw percentage over the last two weeks, negative three. And that's why you drop 50, 60 points. Now, he probably turns you from a, I can maybe recover free throw guy into a, oh, I'm definitely losing this category, which is massive in fantasy in categories. It's massive. So that's, they're, they're big, big drops. His two-point percentage, it's not that big. 59 down to 57. But it's still enough. We're losing efficiency across all three categories. 
His blocks are fine. His rebounds are fine. His assists are up. His minutes are strong. He just cannot shoot. And it's where you get the big difference between a category league and a points league. Points leagues, he's flying. Usage is up. And realistically, that's really so much that matters. We talked about this in the preseason, is that the two big things to correlate fantasy production in points leagues, minutes and usage. You get those two things to go up and you're sweet. Your fantasy points will come. Not as simple to do that in category leagues. And you see here, minutes are fine. Usage is up. Production, fantasy value is down because the shooting is off. I think that that, especially like that, Overall, your free throws, and he has to come up with six percentage points. Give me three percentage points on threes. Maybe he has a hot streak of hitting 30% of them. And then you're really flying because the minutes and usage are strong. This guy's an obvious one. I think Pascal Siakam, he has been shit house for quite a few weeks, to be honest. Um, I don't really know what it is. I can't, maybe Raptors fans want to, maybe, maybe playing 50,000 minutes a game for the last three years has worn him down. Uh, that's that's maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm imagining that. He's, you know, leads, does he lead the league of minutes again, or is that Randall? I don't know. He's got to be close to it. But he has really started to drop off. He's a top 50 player this season in category leagues, but he's 105th over the last two weeks. He's 73rd in points. And look at that drop. 44 fantasy points versus 33. That is significant. So that makes you go, hmm, what is actually going on here? So let's dig into it. Well, he can't hit threes. He's not a good three-point shooter, but again, 34 down to 29 is a big, big drop-off. That hurts. Three-point percentage is the biggest individual statistical um, changer in a category league that's not a tracked stat. It influences three separate categories. So when you drop off, you drop off. And he's also pairing that by hitting six percentage points fewer on his twos, 51 down to 45. And his usage, this is the more concerning one, is down to 22%. Actually, 23%, 22.9 versus 27. It has been steadily declining, his usage, as Van Vliet's gotten better, as Barnes has improved. And I'm not that convinced that Siakam's usage actually goes back to 27. So that's a little bit of a worry. But it is still a significant drop. And I think that this efficiency stuff can come back up. So while he hasn't been inside the top 60 in category leagues over the last three months, I do think that there is a chance that this efficiency improves, but he's averaging 16 points a game over the last two weeks. He can't hit shots. The usage is down. Something is just not right here with Siakam and the way the team is going. He just looks bad. He's he's involving or others are getting more involved in the offense. And, and it really is like pretty simply like impacting his overall fantasy production. We've seen that many times. He's not getting to the line at all. Well, his free throw rate this season is 0.37, yet over the last 25 games, it's 0.26. That's a big drop. That's a huge drop in free throw rate. And that's just the way that elite scorers are able to get their points. And if you're not getting to the line, at that sort of a 33% drop, it's a big drop. It's a big drop. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, so it is the perfect time for you to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and even the old three-pointers drained. If we have a look at some games that are coming up today, the Nuggets and the Raptors. Do we look at that one? The Raptors are one-point favorites. The Nuggets have lost three in a row, I think. Three in a row? They've got to win that. I think the plus one on Denver there looks pretty pretty spicy. Well, the Lakers are one-point favorites on the road against the Pelicans. Interesting as well. 
Vangel also lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. First basket scored, over-under on points and rebounds and assists and all that sort of stuff is over there. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fangel.com slash locked on. That's fangel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fangel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Took a while to get here, but here we are. Sell high, Mikhail Bridges. Um, in a dynasty league, I would be taking any top 25 player I can. Um, Mikhail Bridges is great. I love Mikhail Bridges. Really good player. Um, I believe I had him maybe top three for Defensive Player of the Year last year, maybe even higher. I don't know. I, I really like Mikhail Bridges. And I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't think that he had the offensive scalability that we've seen this season. But he is being talked up like crazy. Over the last two weeks, he's the 28th ranked player in category leagues. If you include turnovers, which again, I think is a poor way of having players, um, he's like a top 10 player. He's 41st in points leagues. He's averaging 40 fantasy points versus his 34 for the season. And yes, his season numbers aren't all that relevant, but they are something to focus on because the situation of him in Brooklyn versus Phoenix is very different, right? So let me, a couple of things here on Bridges. Could he continue playing at this level the rest of the season? I don't think so. And I'll talk about that in a second, but it's more like looking at future seasons as well for Dynasty. Because again, if I could get a top 20 play, he is 26 or he's going to be 27 really soon. Or six months. He's going to be 27 by the time next season starts. So that is entering peak prime. He's not a 23-year-old. He's not a 24-year-old. He was an older rookie. He is a mid-prime or start-prime player right now. So he doesn't have this huge runway. Like in three years, he's 30. And that's downside already. So we're talking about that for Dynasty. We also heard a lot at the trade deadline that teams were offering three, four first-round picks to get him. The Grizzlies. The Warriors will be in on that mix. And if he goes to another team which you would think the Nets, depending on where they are, might want to cash in and get four first-round picks. They might. I don't know if they will. They might. He doesn't have this number one offensive role. It just doesn't happen. He goes to Memphis. Where does he fit there? Back to exactly what he was in Phoenix? So we look at this and go, well, next year, man, he's going to have a full season with Brooklyn. He's going to be the number one guy. That's a top 20 player. Uh, but what if he doesn't play for Brooklyn? That, that's got to be a huge thing. And also, if we're talking dynasty, there's no guarantee he's at Brooklyn for two years, three years. I, I wouldn't think, like, if they're offering that much, and they sh- people teams should, because he is amazing. He's not going to be coming, so, all right, Bridges is here, Jar, sit down. Desi, you're not taking shots anymore. Brooks, well, great. But Bridges doesn't have this role. And even talking about this season, you know, he will maintain the same role. Also, I know the thing, he never gets hurt. Yeah, until he does. He is not Wolverine. I can assure you of that. He does not get hurt until he does. And I don't want him to get hurt, but we'll see. Maybe we'll assess it in his career and he's never missed a single game ever. Not going to happen, but maybe that happens. But even looking at this season, or over the last two weeks, he's flying. He's hitting 48% of his threes. He's at 41 for the season, which is still high. And as a number one option, I just there is no way that that maintains. It is going to come down. I 100 percent assure you 100 percent assure you this is going to come down 
He's getting to the line seven times per game. He's at 3.7 for the season. Now that, again, is a Phoenix thing, and he has been much better at attacking the mid-range and driving to the rim. So the reality probably sits somewhere in the middle there on free throw attempts. It might even sit at six per game, five and a half per game, but seven a game is a lot. And he's also upped his two-point percentage. Now, it's not a big amount. He's at 51 for the season. He's at 52 over this period. Now, we look at last season in Phoenix, and one of the reasons I was skeptical on Bridges, which I was wrong about, is I said, he is getting by on shooting 63% on twos, which for a perimeter player is insane. And if that falls away, he will struggle. Well, it did fall away in a massive way as they bumped a little bit of usage and more playing time into or more responsibility into him. It did fall away. But he made, he was able to boost up some other numbers. So this 52 that he's at, while it's well behind where he's been in the past, the, he's never going back to that role that he had last season, a 15 usage guy. By the way, he's at 28 usage over the last two weeks. So he's taken on a larger role. And the thing that, look, maybe that 2.52 sticks, maybe it goes to 55. That, that's possible. 48 from three is not. Seven free throw attempts is probably not sticking either. And at some point, he's not going to be on the nets. And that might be as soon as in three months' time. And that, to me, is why he is a sell high in a dynasty league. And someone made a great point to me. I, I tweeted about this and I said, I'm going to get pushback on this but I think he's a sell high. And someone said, if you're not getting pushback on a sell high, it's not actually a sell high. And I said, you know what? Actually, 100% true. Because if everyone agrees that he's a sell high, you've got no one to trade him to. So if people push back on it, there you go. Well, you want him? Take take him. Take him for a top 20 player. If you don't get pushback on a sell high, it's not a sell high. Trey Murphy's a sell high or a guy that's overperforming, which is really what we're talking about here. 29th over the last two weeks, 63rd in points leagues, 35 fantasy points, 24 for the season. Inexplicably benched for Josh Richardson, called it out at the time, made no sense. Didn't take Willie Green long to reverse that decision. I swear to God, coaches make some weird decisions. Shout out to Justin Holiday, um, But he's been great. Now, is some of this because Brandon Ingram is out? Absolutely it is. But it's not all of it. Is some of it, most of it because Zion's out? Yeah, but he's not coming back anytime soon. But I also don't believe that this is going to stick for Trey. 35 fantasy points versus 24. He's playing 36 minutes a night. Now, even earlier in the season when Ingram was out with Toa Palooza and when Zion was out, he wasn't playing that much. He'd play like 31 minutes. He was a little bit passive. Now, I think something has sort of clicked for Trey where he's a lot more aggressive at the moment. I think that can stick. I'm just not sure about 36 minutes a night being able to stick versus the 29 he's averaging for the season. He's also doubled his block rate. Half a block up to a block. That's important, especially for category leagues. And he's hitting four threes a game versus 2.3. Is he a good three-point shooter? Absolutely. He's hitting 44% on nine attempts per game. That's what I talk about the aggression. He is getting up a ton of shots and a ton of threes, and they're going in at a huge rate. The thing is, is if they stop going in at 44% and they go in at 34%, then the four threes go down to three threes. Then the 18 points go down to 15 points. And then the field goal percentage goes from 50 down to 46. And then you've lost 50 ranking spots right there. That's just how it works. When you're taking that volume of threes and so many of your shots are threes and you're shooting over your head and he's an excellent three-point shooter, there's going to be some sort of drop-off here. It's great while it's happening and it's not all Ingram-related, but he's also doing the thing where, hey, I've got my extra opportunity and then everything's going in and I'm adding blocks to it. Everything's happening positively at the moment. We love it. It's probably going to drop off. You know that Tyrese Maxey was going to be on here because I've spoken about this a lot with him. Or a lot with any player. He's 40th in category leagues, 80th in points leagues, averaging 31 fantasy points versus 29 and a half. It's not that big of a difference in a points league. 
And I've talked a lot about the way to interpret local media tweets about players' production. And this is the perfect example. Over the last seven games, he's averaging 22 points. Now, he's doing nothing else. Two and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, 0.9 steals, one block in his last seven games. But he just can't miss. 60% two-pointers. He's at 50 for the season. 54% threes. He's at 41. Like next week, he might shoot 35% from three. And then value's cooked. And he hasn't missed a single free throw in the last two weeks. He's taken quite a few of them as well. He is at, like, I think he's 22 of 22. Let's have a look. Yeah, 22 of 22 from the line over the last two weeks. He's could easily miss a couple in the games coming up. So every percentage is boosted. And that is what is giving him all of his value because he gets nothing else. He doesn't do a single other thing. And it's not because, well, now he's starting that all these numbers are coming up. He just is on a hot streak. Simple as that. It is going to fall away. And we know when it falls away, he's probably not a top 100 player. That's what's going to happen. Back to the Pelicans. Told you a lot of Pelicans. Herbalife Jones, 75th ranked player over the last two weeks, 109th in points leagues, which is good for Herb to be 109th in points leagues. He's averaging 28 fantasy points versus 23 for the season. What is he doing? Well, his minutes are also a little bit elevated. Not huge amount. 31 versus 29 for the season. But he also is on a hot streak shooting. And Herb Jones is not a shooter. But he's hitting 43% of his threes. He's at 29 for the season. We could make an argument that Herb, who was a 34% three-point shooter last season, could be a 33-34 guy. But that's way away from 43%. He's also decided he's going to hit 60% of his twos which was at 53 for the season and 53 last season. So there's a big drop coming there. He's also, with Ingram out, decided, I'm going to start getting assists. Seven assists last game, eight a couple of games ago. Well, that was actually with Ingram, that eight game, uh, that eight assist game there. But he's getting his assists. His last four games, five games, seven, one, two, eight, five. The previous five games, four games, two, 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 two. It's like a massive Richie Benno. So assists are just massively up. Shooting is up. The assist, maybe they stick. I don't think they do. There's no way the shooting sticks and that's going to drop him off. And to cap off our Pelicans-themed show, a former Pelican, Devontae Graham. And I highlight this for a few reasons. A, he's playing really well. 81st over the last two weeks, 117th in points leagues. 27 fantasy points versus 15 for the season. Yes, totally different context because he wasn't playing for New Orleans and he is playing for the San Antonio Spurs. But he's also doing some stuff that we don't really see. So it's not just, well, now he's actually getting minutes. Some of it is because his usage is up from 17% to 23%. I don't know when he's going to play. He DNP'd at the end of last week. And when they're healthy, he won't play. When they're out, he will play. He's actually worth looking at. But he's also doing a thing that we don't get from Devontae Graham. He's hitting shots. 54% of twos versus 45 for the season. Last season, he hit 38% on twos. The season before, 39% on twos. Is 54 a little high? Yeah, just a bit. It's probably going to come down. He's also hitting 44% from three. So again, he's doing the thing. Increased opportunity, increased usage, and also go, ah, well, I'll just hit every shot in the world. And that is pushing these numbers sky high. It is not all just about, well, now he's finally getting minutes. Because he still could be getting these minutes and hitting his 38% from two and being a 37% overall shooter and killing you. But he's not at the moment. It's hot. Tied in with the minutes inconsistency, the game's played inconsistency, the shooting regression that's coming, I think there's going to be a significant drop-off coming for Devontae Graham. Even if he will have solid game-to-game value, picking when that's going to be is going to be really tough with their weird rotations. He's going to be solid at some games. Some games is going to be invisible. And if the shooting disappears, then, yeah, then we're in real trouble. So he's a name just to consider as well. 
value, but iffy value. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, you thumb it up, you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.